This is the limitless Keith Lee. This is Brody King. This is Angel Garza. Will Ospreay. Hornswoggle. Pentagon Junior. The villain, Marty Scow. The Mexican Ray Phoenix. King Ricochet. Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss. And I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the busted wide open. 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 Busted wide open podcast. <laughs> You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome everybody back to BWO Live. And I say back because we've already done so much live streaming yes. today. We're back after an amazing pay-per-view. All out happened under All Elite Wrestling. And we are here to give you all of the breakdowns of everything that mm. happened. My and name I is am Nick Sir Ian Dangerous. And yes, indeed, we watched the all out pay-per-view. It just ended. It just wrapped up. And my goodness, there was a lot of matches and a lot of things to discuss, which is what we're here to do, Nick. We got to break down the whole show, let you know what happened, let what we thought about it, because we got some thoughts. There's the oh man, we got some thoughts. One or, one one or two. Oh boy, there there was some <laughs> controversial things that happened on the show. People almost died. It was a lot of uh, it was a lot of fun and also very scary. So, Nick, let's do some housekeeping, yeah. and then we can get into breaking down what happened on All Out. Yes, first of all, thank you guys so much for joining us live here on Twitch. We love that. Be sure and interact with the chat and uh, say what you guys think along with us as we go throughout the show. Uh, yes, also find us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. You can uh, find us over on YouTube at youtube.com slash open. Get into our Discord community. There's links down in the panels below. We had an amazing live chat all throughout the long, long, long show tonight. Uh, all throughout every single match. So make sure you get into our Discord because we do that for all the shows all throughout the week and dedicated channels for every single pay-per-view. So head into the Discord, find the link down below. Also, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. It is the best place to support us as well as subs and bits and stuff here on Twitch. Uh, but you can get access to show notes for every single episode, bonus episodes at the $10 tier every single month, Skype calls with us, all kinds yeah. of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO. <laughs> Ian... Before I run out of gas on this day, because it's midnight on the East Coast, holy smokes, let's not yes. waste any more time. Let's head over and break down what happened on AEW All Out. Ah, well, let's kick off with that pre-show. They did surprise us with a match right up the top. Joey Janela versus Serpentico came out of dark, out of nowhere. Uh, and that's pretty much what it was. It was a glorified dark match. Joey Janela got his win back after eating one to Chris Jericho the other day. Really not much more to say about this than that. That and there was a what looked like a massive miscommunication in the middle of this match. Serpentico goes to get up on the top turnbuckle and just gets off of it and goes back into the match. And then about ooh, 30 seconds a minute later, gets back up there and does the actual spot. Looks like they were setting up for almost the identical. 
technical spot that has actually went for it. So it very, very odd, couple of odd little moments in this match, but really nothing else to write home about. Didn't advance either Joey's career any. I mean, he got his win back, so I guess he evened out for the whole thing. Uh, and Serpentico actually got to be on a pre-show of a pay-per-view, so good for him. Not much more to say about it than that. I really... Nice to see anything? him in the ring instead of behind the barricade outside. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, but that was about it. Not much else to say about that match, except that it was there. Yep. We also had Private Party versus Dark Order, represented by uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Uh, on the pre-show, we knew that was coming, and this, this was, we suspected, a get-back for Private Party, who just had a, suffered a loss in a, in a combo tag match this last Dynamite. And that is kind of what this was. It was uh, a lot of fun. But I got to say, this is more what I think of when I think of a pre-show match. Tons of action. A bunch of guys who you normally wouldn't, who, who otherwise wouldn't have gotten a spot on the show, going out there and showing every, everything that they can do. Right. And recently, John Silver has become quite a bit of a, a star. He's, he's one of the things that people are really, really hitting on when they go and watch uh, be, Being the Elite. He's getting tons and tons of, of, of attention from that. And in this match, he showed that he's also, we've seen him before in the ring a lot, but he just looked really good in this match. Him and, him and Reynolds both were killing it out there. We yeah. know Private Party can go. They can do a bunch of great moves. But they were being followed step for step by Reynolds and Silver. And I got to say, at a certain point there, I genuinely believe Silver Reynolds were actually going to pull this off. We're surprisingly going to pull up a win here. There was a one, I think, four or five move combo they put uh, on Mark Quinn. I was like, that's it. He's done. There's no yeah. way he's kicking out. Yeah, no. So I, I was actually very entertained by that match. It was a perfect, a perfect uh, appetizer, perfect pre-show match in that way. So I dug that very much. What did you think about this match there, Nick? Well, I can't wait until, um, until BTE on Tuesday so that we can... Shut the fuck up, Silver! <laughs> you know, I, I just can't wait to, to, to hear it really just go... Out of, I mean, we'll talk about this uh, more when we get later in the show. You know, that gets me every time. Nick. It's not fair. Yeah, it's 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 hilarious. Yeah, I thought there was a. This looked really good. Uh, frankly, it's these two could be contenders for the tag team championships at any given. Uh, sure. I mean, we had a lot to get through tonight, but I mean, down the road is what I was getting at. See, it felt to me more like, especially what the announcers were saying, Private Party was trying to climb back in the game. Yep. This felt more like the beginning of that for them. And we'll see if that's the case. There's certainly other people ahead of them on that list, but we'll get to that momentarily. So we got to go to the main show, which kicked off with the tooth and nail match, which was initially supposed to be slotted where the uh, Joey Janelle and Serpentico match was, but they did stick it onto the main show. Squoze it in there, if you will. And I'm not going to lie, after seeing it, yeah, it could have been on the pre-show. Yep. Could have been on the pre-show. They were right. Could have been on YouTube. They were right. Everyone just bitched about it. Yep. Um, it really... Everyone assumed it was sexism or something. Oh, women on the pre-show. And I'm like, well, it's not always the case, you know? Yeah. At the same time, I, you know what else? It could have been on the main show. Just not here. Right. Just not here. Not pulling and I the would, curtain. I would have... I, no. I would have rearranged the show a little bit. I don't know... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe put Mr. Divin in the chat said it could have been an email. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it was them turning their hand at a cinematic match, and okay, for for better or for worse. So this yeah. it took place. They set it up where Swole drove up in a rolls to to <laughs> the offices of Dr. Britt Baker, and Rebel was for some reason at the front desk, not expecting her, and then all of a sudden a, a fight broke out. Swole brought a ref with her. 
and we fight all over the. It was like a weird horror movie for a second. In the beginning with, with with Brit creeping in the background while Swole was looking for her, and then she smashes a, 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 a what do you call it? The clipboard. Her, the, not her clipboard. It was just like oh, the, the, the plumber. Yeah, the frame of the. Yeah, diploma. but it's it's oh, you it's know what I mean. The university degree that you're talking about. Yeah, the plaque. She took the plaque sure. off the wall. There it is. Boom, hit her with it. And the, really the match kind of kicked into high gear. We went out back into the backyard. That's where her uh, her little golf cart thing was. They got on top of the golf cart. Rebel got tossed into the trash can out there. They get, they fight their way back inside. Uh, and then we have more shenanigans inside. But stuff got kind of dark, Nick. It got dark. Okay. Britt Baker went for Big Swole with an actual power drill, missed her, and it burrowed into the seat cushion. And then she was busy trying to get it out, and Swole went and got uh, – well, Swole got some sort of thing, attacked Britt Baker, but by the time she got to her, Britt Baker had gotten it. Reba showed up and gave her a needle full of uh, – uh, a I syringe guess, of lidocaine. Novocaine. <laughs> yeah, which Swole forced Britt Baker to stab herself in the leg with legit – Actually, like I don't, I don't think it was gimmicked. I think Britt Baker actually stabbed herself in the damn leg with a needle. No, and she I, actually did. Whether or not it was Novocaine in there is probably it wasn't Novocaine oh, in there. It was probably saline solution. But sure. whatever it was, I I was cringed up on the couch like a little baby. <laughs> yeah, she let go of it and it was stuck in. I mean, her leg. Oh, 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 oh god! Oh god! No! Oh no! Just go! Stop! Stop! Sir Ian Dangerous me. doesn't go. Doesn't like needles, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not a needles dude. Saw Saw Two with the needle pit. That was that was one of the worst, man. Oh, oh, ah! At least in movies, I can be like, eh, it's just props. When I see someone actually do it, I just oh, oh, ah, 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 gave me the heebie-jeebies. Gave me the just wigged me out. But the match ended shortly afterwards with Big Swole putting the no, the the um, the mask, the laughing gas mask, onto Britt Baker, and Britt Baker passes out. One, two, three. That's the match. J- Jr. off to the side, going, "Are they gonna get some 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 nitrous during this match?" And, uh, and he, oh, they I, did. I, I, I like that's that stuff. <laughs> oh, I like that nitrous. <laughs> we'll get back to Jr. Jr. had a night. Jr. was on. Jr. Fire. got reprimanded. Jr. got reprimanded. By the way. We'll get back. We'll get back to Jr. Oh, we'll oh we'll get back to Jr. Real quick before we move on, Nick Guard One made an appearance, oh, delivering real, a sticker to Costanza seventy eight. Thank you very much, uh, Chris. I think is uh, your first name, if I'm not mistaken. Please don't shoot me if it's not. I believe that's Chris. Yes, thank you very much for the sticker. Enjoy that Thanks very so much, very guys. much. Thank you very much. Um, but no, as pointed out in the chat right now by Mister Divian, absolutely true. They're going for a horror movie kind of thing in the beginning of this, and it yeah. just didn't work. Too no. well lit. Uh, they didn't get the angles right. Didn't feel like that at all. It's like they were trying to in, insert that in somehow, and it just didn't work. Nothing about this match really fit. It was slapstick, but then it was really vicious and intense, and they were actually trying to kill each other. It was more like, like Chris Pontius and Steve-O wandered into an actual dentist office somewhere and were staging some kind yeah. of fight for cameras. It, it felt like jackass it, yeah. to me. It, but it also didn't know what it wanted to be. It exactly. was too many things at once. And on the upside, there was a lot of the gags in it I loved. I loved Rebel coming back in to hand off the night, the, uh, the Novocaine with a banana stuck to her head and, and like you know, kind of all greased up like she'd been in a trash can. That was funny. I laughed. I like the little like chittering teeth that that uh, Big Swole found in the one cupboard. She's like, "What the hell is up with this crap?" There was a lot of gags here that I thought were funny. Overall, it didn't gel, and it was just it just was kind of was. So it did not do justice to the thing that they've been building for almost three months now between the two of them. 
That's the only that's thing my I can take say on is, it. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I now I want them to have like a traditional match. Right. Like, all right, cool. You tried that. Like to honor this feud that's actually been really good for so long. Go have a traditional math match and let both these ladies actually go out there and work a wrestling match. So, which I I hope they do. Yeah, I hope they do. And I think you were thinking that too because you picked Britt Baker to win this. Mm-hmm. Maybe thinking the feud would continue, not the big Swole would win. But even though Swole won, I do hope it would continues as well. Yeah. Um, even though I did pick her to win. So, moving on, we got the Jurassic Express versus the Young Bucks, and the big question here was this. By the way, this was supposed to be the beginning of the, of the show, I imagine, and it should have been. This was. I agree. Awesome tag match to start off the show, and it was an awesome tag match. It was a perfectly booked tag match just from start to finish. Just everyone comes in at the right time. Everyone gets their moves in at the right time. Right just people go smooth. to the right place. Psychology. Oh, smooth as whipped butter in the summertime. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Isn't it nice Ooh. when you get actual tag teams that have been tag no. teams for a long time like wrestling at the same Express? time? What are you talking about? What? I mean, it's been a year now, I guess. I guess yeah, yeah, it's been almost a year. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's Bucks, long enough. It's birth, though. I mean, it's like it's a little different. But I know what you're saying, Nick. Right. I know what you're saying. It was, but it was more that I felt like whoever structured this match, whoever booked this match, Young Bucks. I think that they did a good job of setting everything up to make everybody look good. Because you know, we got a lot to get through, so I'll, I'll rip through this. But bottom line was a lot of smooth in and outs, and then at the end, Luchasaurus does a big, a sh- enormous. Suicide dive over the railing to the outside, takes out the crossbody splash, takes out the entire faces side of the of the audience out there. Uh, he's out there laying out and selling, and the Bucks get in the ring and basically just try to murder Jungle Boy. And the Bucks were working heel in this match, yep. straight up heel. Yep. Uh, everyone's like, oh, they're working aggressive. Nah, they were working straight heel. But they were being mean. They being they dicks. beat up. Mark, they were beating Mar- Marco Stunt at one point because he was trying to get his get involved in the match because they were being dicks. Um, they, they, the way they were disrespecting Luchasaurus and, and Jungle Boy in the match. And at the end, they tried to take out uh, Jungle Boy by himself, and he kept kicking out, kept kicking out of big moves. They gave him everything. And it wasn't until they gave him the BTE trigger that he finally went down. But they let him kick out of a lot. So Jungle Boy goes down looking he like a He took the melter driver, he took the super kick party, and it was finally the BTE trigger. It was like one, a one, two, three sort of combo of all of them. I don't think it was the melter driver. It was their, their corner move, um, which I'm spacing on right now because I'm fried because we've been doing this for 12 right. hours. But right. uh, the bottom line is, is that they were in the middle of the ring and they, gave him the, and they took him out finally with the BTE trigger. And that was it. And I, I, was, I went, sat there and just went, that was a... I have no problem with that match whatsoever. Right. I, it could have used could it have used more stakes? Yes. Could it have used more build? Yes. But for what it was, which is establishing that the young bucks are pissed off and acting kind of heelish towards Jurassic Express as a result of the actions of Hangman Page, um, and making everyone in the match look good in that moment. Perfect. Great. Yeah, the only thing I would have done differently was once Marco Stunt got involved outside the ring, have Kenny Omega come out and continue his you know shenaniganry with with Marco Stunt. That's that's it. I, I, otherwise, I absolutely. I think love that would have distracted. Match. Honestly, I think that would have distracted a little bit too much. Um, so I, I know what you mean. I don't think it was needed. I think Matt Jackson doing the super kick on Marco was enough. Yeah, so like, it would have been overkill. To that. It would have been overkill. Exactly. Yeah. But we both saw this coming. The Bucks needed to win here to prove that they were being mean guys. But uh, that was that was not the only. We did. We got that right, Nick. We didn't get the next one right at all. No. Casino Battle Royale comes up. Winner gets a, the next title shot at whoever wins the main event. And this was just a, a gigantic, ginormous... Everyone and their mother was in this match. 
Um, we even threw in some people that we didn't expect, like Sonny Kiss, Will Hobbs, who I think they're getting more and more high on. Oh, he's and huge. He's because he's huge and awesome. Um, and the surprise Joker entrant was none other than Matt Seidel, former Evan Bourne. Yeah. Mm. Who came out, looked great, was doing his third eye thing. Yeah, looked. Oh, we, everyone was freaking out. That's Matt Seidel. He gets up on the. Uh, uh, Hobbs is selling in the ring. He's laid out in front of a turnbuckle. Seidel gets into the, gets up on the ring ropes, gets a top top turnbuckle, and he goes for a shooting star press. And oh my God, his legs go off underneath him. The humidity got to the ring ropes. That guy just went splat on his back in one of the nastiest. That's I, I, when you come out when you debut someplace when you come out and it's the first thing people see. And you come out and you go for a huge move. And yeah, it's Matt Seidel. We're all excited. And yeah. And then the first thing you do is just botch huge like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He'll never live that down. No. It was, it was bad. Yeah. It was, a, it was one of the worst He's lucky he timings. didn't really hurt himself. Because he came really down is. kind of on his head. On his, he on came his down shoulder. awkward. And yeah. it's, thank God he's got, <laughs> from being a flyer all these years, he's got good you know, in-air body control. Right. But man, it was it was about as fugly a botch as you'll ever see on a major show, and I felt awful because I love Matt Seidel. I think he's a fantastic flyer. Yeah. Um, and just a great wrestler all around. I'm really excited if he's working with AEW. If this wasn't a one-off and this was just actually like something, the beginning of something, that'd be really cool. But man, that sucks. <laughs> man. Man, that sucks. Matt's got to be in his hotel room right now, just going, "God oh, damn uh, it!" <laughs> so, uh, yeah, oh yeah, I know. He's got to be. He's, he's somewhere just just smoking a fat blunt. Like I'm just trying yeah. to forget that happened. Yeah. But the, the what what we figured was going to happen in this match pretty much happened. All the storylines we had going into this pretty much played out. Inner Circle and best friends were trading off until they all got tossed out by someone else. In this case, for the most part, it was Lance Archer and Brian Cage. Uh, Cage and Cage and Lance Archer actually got into it a few times. They were they were buttonheads. Um, Cage and Ricky Starks and uh, Darby Allen got into it before they finally did a move that I did not see coming. Darby eliminates uh, Ricky Starks after Cage accidentally accidentally hits him. Starks goes under the ring and pulls out a body bag. Not only but throws it in the ring, doesn't just throw it in the ring. Gets in the ring after it, gets a bag of thumbtacks, and fills the body bag with the thumbtacks. And then they beat up Darby Allen and they put him in the body bag and Cage power bombs him onto the damn uh, ring apron, onto, onto the entrance ramp. Mm. And then thankfully, Starks actually pulls Darby's head back out of the body bag to prove that yes, he's still in there and yes, he's not entirely it, dead. His entire face isn't impaled with thumbtacks. Uh, <laughs> I it's mean, funny. if he's going to jump off a bridge... If he's going to do the crazy skate park stuff that he does, what are a few thumbtacks going to do? What if it's, it's going to suck? He's, he's got no idea up from down. He's just in a bag in the darkness being pierced by little things all over. Eh, it's, a, it's a horrific image. And it's funny because typically what they always say in wrestling is don't do a spot like that because the audience can't see the effects. Right. Right. No one in the crowd is going to see you actually get pierced with the thumbtacks. You're not gonna. It's not showing off. If you ever go down into a thumbtack spot, you'll notice everyone pops right back up. Look at all the thumbtacks I have in my body. Yeah. Show them off, right? If you ever do a big spot, show off what's happening because that's what the cell is in showing is in showing what's happened. 
to you. Mm. If you just do it and then that's the end and you don't actually like people don't see what's actually happened to you, it's a waste. It's a waste of a spot. Yeah. Normally I'd say that. But man, that spot really worked on my mind. Yeah, Costanza threw hundred bits in and said that spot was sick. It was it was it was a sick spot and it went against every logic that I would normally have for those kinds of spots. But it was a that was a nasty spot. That was nasty. And and memorable. Very memorable because it was so unique. Um, I, I did pick Darby uh, since we're on it. I did pick him to be my... I, I initially said Eddie Kingston. There was some gut feeling I had about Eddie Kingston, but I ended up going with Darby. Uh, if, if he's got to go out, that's a hell of a way to go out. I'm not that's mad at That's one way it. to go out. And it continues the feud with him and Ricky Starks, which yep. seems to involve grievous bodily harm with thumbtacks. I'm in. So, yeah, cool. Finally, we get uh, Lance Archer, Cage, and and Hobbs. The two big guys are going at it, and they finally get eliminated by Lance Archer. So we're down to the final four of Archer, um, Butcher. Let's see. Final four was uh, Archer, Kingston, Kingston, Butcher, Kingston, Archer, but- Butcher, and Sidall. Sidall goes out. We're down to uh, Butcher and Archer and and uh, Kingston. Then we're down to Kingston and, and, and Archer. And Butcher is down there trying to pull Archer off of, the, off of the ring apron while both he and Kingston are on the ring apron. Kingston goes up on the turnbuckle because Jake scares him up there with his snake. And finally, Was Archer, he just like showing him what it was in the bag? Like we're I mean, not going to pull the snake he's out? He's not pulling out a real snake. He doesn't have the real snake anymore. Those things are expensive, man. Uh-huh. He doesn't want to care for it. He said he hated the snake the entire time anyway. <laughs> okay. And he's got, Jake's gotten in trouble for like not caring for the snake very well. Like, you know, it was Jake. He was he was always drunk and high. He wasn't yeah. like he was taking care of the snake very well. So right. he probably shouldn't be allowed to have a live animal anymore. Yeah. That's fine. I'm okay with that. The the impression that we get is he had a snake. Eddie Kingston's afraid of snakes. And while he was busy getting freaked out, Lance Archer threw him onto Butcher Blade and whoever else was standing there as well. Uh, and wins the whole thing. Lance Archer stands tall as your winner of the Casino Battle Royale and the man to face whoever wins between John Moxley and MJF which kind of tips the scales in terms of who you would expect to win said match. So do you think Archer winning out of all these guys was the right choice? Because neither of us got this right. Uh, I thought it was going to be the Joker, and then Matt Seidel came out, and I went, oh, no, maybe not. No. I didn't see Seidel. I I do think it should have been Darby, the the more I think about it. But now that we – because that would have been a more ambiguous – Sort of, uh, sort of win. So even uh-huh. though I was thinking about, you know, like it, he could be either way. Archer shows your hand, and I feel like that kind of ruined. Mm-hmm. It was, it was sort of a well. Now I know who's winning Moxley MGF, MJF later. Yeah, I was ninety five percent sure at that point. I was already pretty sure, but then I was like, oh yeah, well. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about that in a second because I, I really have some opinions on Archer being Moxley's next next uh, opponent as well. But. Uh, did you see any other new feuds commence in this? I saw Jake Hager and Sonny Kiss possibly start one kiss. I, I saw a lot of Jake Hager. Hager. He needs to just stop wearing boxer briefs into the ring. <laughs> like Jake's Hager was hanging out. Like, well, he's rock hard. Jake <laughs> Hager. Uh, I'm just saying. He's, Put he's, it away, Jake. <laughs> well, we're not, it's like, put it this it's way. Like, we're not going to be. I don't want to watch the match right now because they got the camera on Jake Hager. Just, Nick, I'm, you know our our predilections on this show, and I'm just going to say it at this point: we're not going to be talking about Hager Dong anytime soon. No, no. Tidy whities maybe. <laughs> That's about it. So the next match is we're going to we're going to be talking about for a second because it was barely a match. Yeah, and that's Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. 
And this started off back near the football field, Matt mm -hmm. looking for Sammy. Sammy rounds the corner down by the actual field itself uh, in the golf cart that Matt once ran him over. And he drives it at Matt. Matt starts hobbling away with his you know, old wrestler legs and hips and uh, manages to, quote-unquote, avoid Sammy and has Sammy drive into a whole bunch of conveniently placed large-sized cardboard boxes. Right. And then the match begins, and they start tossing each other all over the place. Sammy eats a really nasty DDT on a, on a table. They go all over, and then they get onto a scissor lift. Then they take the scissor lift up really, really high, and we think Matt's going to throw Sammy off, but Sammy reverses, runs back, and then uh, runs into Matt, and they both go off the scissor lift onto a waiting table below, or at least that was the plan. What actually it a happened, bit. Overshot it by about a foot and a half, which meant that most of Matt Hardy's body, and he was on the bottom with his back to the floor, most of his body was off the table, hit it with his shoulders first, and then his head just went, dink, off the concrete. Like a wet watermelon. And he immediately did that thing you never want to see in a situation like that. He doesn't sell it. He doesn't grab his head and roll around on the ground and go, ow, ow, ow. He just goes completely stiff, and his jaw gets all like an erectus, and the ref goes down next to him, asks him a question, he doesn't respond, and the ref then just goes, uh-uh, and Aubrey throws up the X. Now, they have taken to throwing up the X uh, and, and, and doing it in kayfabe situations because they know fans know what it means now. They have taken to doing that. Yeah. This, right off the bat, felt like a real one. And Sammy immediately went over and started selling his selling, trying to take off his jacket. It took him a long time to take off his jacket. And then he came back and was like, I, I thought was a very good call on his part. He said, ref, make the count on Matt Hardy. And so she starts making a fairly slow count while the, the doctor runs in and checks on Matt Hardy. Um, Matt tries to get up and continue the match. Doc Samson runs over and Matt's telling him, no, no, I'm going to keep going. And... See, he, they, he tries to, Sammy tries to hold him up as they fight, and he can't. Matt just keeps falling over. Uh, very obviously concussed. Yep. At the time, we were debating whether it was real or not. I was saying 95% sure that guy's, that guy's messed up. Yeah, That's not good. And sure enough, eventually they called it. They said, no, Samson called it off. He said, no, 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 match is ending in a no contest. Bell rings. Sammy gets let off. Um, the announcers are completely befuddled. They don't know what to say or what to do. They're trying to kill time. We're watching Sammy get led back up the ramp to the arena itself. Um, we then see that Matt is back on his feet and asking where Sammy's gone. N and it's hard to tell if, it's, if he's selling or not because that's been his deal lately, is acting concussed. Um, so we don't know if he genuinely doesn't know what's happened or if he's back in character. And then as he's being led up the, the ramp back to the arena... Sammy comes bursting out of a door on the side, and they continue the damn match. And they fight down to the stage, onto the stage, up into the scaffolding, and then uh, Matt, pretty much very quickly, this all happens, Matt throws Sammy off the scaffolding onto a big setup thing, a platform near the stage. Sammy goes in there, they count to 10, the match is over. Now, we know since this has happened that Matt has been taken to a hospital. Uh, we know because Rebby Hardy, his wife, who's never been one to edit herself, has tweeted out that um, AEW should be ashamed of themselves. Um, she says, shame on everyone in that goddamn building. The exact tweet. So we know this was bad. We know that Matt should not have been allowed to continue to wrestle. On whose shoulders do you think this should fall? 
because they announced later in the show that Matt Hardy told Doc Sampson he was good to go, and Doc Sampson said, okay, well, if you say so, go ahead. They were doing damage control at this point, in my opinion. Okay. When the commentators started, they, they said it like three or four times throughout the remainder of the show. Uh, they, hey, we, we, we check. That said it's okay. That's, not, that's that, damage you know, control. That's PR. That's not going to help them. Twitter not exploded. Them. Mm, yeah, as it, as it should. Yeah. This is probably, this could turn out to be one of the worst things they're going to face if this goes the wrong way. Yeah. Um, I, I, I honestly think they'll be able to mitigate most of the damage on this because ultimately no one was hurt. And I think Matt Hardy got, he got concussed, but you know. How many times has that dude taken a bump on the head in his career? You know, I'm, but that's, there, that's there's the part of how many me that, he have? sure. And, and everyone is exponentially worse as you get more and more, as yeah, we know from exactly. football and boxing and things like that, right? A lot of studies on CTE. So there is part of me inside that holds out hope that Matt knew what he was doing. He knew what you described earlier as in the, the in kayfabe stuff. So they, this was all the stunt part. I don't believe that anyone in that building, maybe they would have let him continue. I don't believe anyone would have let him climb 20, 30 feet in the air of scaffolding in order to throw Sammy Guevara off of that scout. I don't, I don't, I, I cannot find a way in, in any part of me, whether he said he was good to go or not, that they would let him do that. I, I just it's, I can't. I don't buy it. Here's the thing: to his credit and their credit, he took no more bumps in that match. He just he dominated Sammy to the to the to the ring to the, excuse me to the stage and then up the scaffolding and then he climbed down and that was that. Yeah. So he didn't take any more bumps. Um, if it was if that was communicated to the doctor to Doc Sampson, if Matt said I'm taking no more bumps, I'm just going to go and throw him off because here's the thing: this was a if Matt loses. He leaves the company stipulation. So if they had a no contest, they would have had to do some writing to get around that. Now, yeah. obviously, better to have writing, have to do some creative writing, than to have someone have permanent brain damage. But it is definitely easier on the whole, on all of them if Matt could just get up on that scaffolding and toss Sammy off. Yeah. And if he was if he was able to do that without taking a bump and safely, then okay. But you're taking an enormous chance. And there's yeah. a reason that in concussion protocols, when it comes to the brain injuries, you cannot take a player's or a, a, a wrestler's word exactly. at how they're feeling. That's why in football, they have a concussion protocol on the sideline, and it doesn't matter how important that player is. It doesn't matter how close the game is. If that doctor says, nope, they have a concussion, they're done. Nobody can say otherwise. And that's what should have happened here. I agree. It doesn't matter how... Little Matt Hardy had left to do. It doesn't matter. If his head bounced off that concrete, he didn't know where he was, and he was out for any period of time. Concussion protocol states he needs to be held and stopped from doing anything else and taken to a hospital right then. Full stop. Yep. Full stop. And the fact that they didn't do that is going to get them in some trouble. How much trouble? Wait and see. Yeah. But it's bad. It's that's that's not cool. Costanza with a couple of cheers through in a hundred bits says prayers for Matt. Agreed. Uh, another hundred bits. It says completely irresponsible. Um, yeah, listen, we don't have all the information of what happened backstage. We don't know the conversations that took place. We don't know the decisions that were made and who was involved. So I 
Listen, I, I I agree with you, Ian, that it should have been stopped right there at further evaluation. We we can write around stuff all day long. We can yep. we can explain away things with commentary and kayfabe all day long. When someone has a potential head in a potential, not even confirmed, like when they have a potential, even the slight risk of a head injury, done. Stop. Move on. At, if I'm else. sitting at home and I go, ooh, that looked bad. And and if I'm sitting home going, wow, that really looked like a concussion. I'm not a doctor. I'm not even there next to Matt hearing what he's saying. I can't even tell if Aubrey's getting a response from him or not. I don't have all the information. And even then I go, that looks really bad. And then when it becomes more and more clear that he just can't even stand up, at home I'm saying, okay, we're done. We're done. Throw in the towel, call the match, figure it out. Stretcher him not out. Not just sitting. I'm make sitting a scene at home. of it. Get I'm him in an ambulance doctor, and nothing. out of there. You know. Yeah. Whatever you need to do. I mean. <laughs> so yeah, I I really I have nothing else to add to it. Yeah. Except for that, it was a really bad situation. It was terrifying to watch. Costanza in the chat saying he was there when when Owen Hart happened and well, that was uh, never forgot in Indy Wilder. Oh, was it? Was it? Yep. The, the chat's going so quickly. Yeah, Andy threw a hundred uh, bits in, said I'll be very interested to hear Tony Khan's take in the media scrum. I agree. Uh, uh, I, I definitely it's going on right now, and yeah. and if you guys have any updates on the media scrum, throw it into the chat. I'd love to know. I, that's I, you know, that's one of the things that's going to get brought up. There's yeah. a few things that are going to get brought up. That's one of them. It'll that's likely be, be we're evaluating the situation. We'll report back when we have more information, kind of thing. Likely at this, at this, at this. But he's going to have to be asked why was it not stopped? Hard yeah. stop. Yeah. Why? Was it not stopped? That has to have an answer. Right. Um, unfortunately, that cast a bit of a pall over the rest of the show. Um, and unfortunately, Thunder Rosa and Hikaru Shida had to follow that. And the crowd was just dead. Yep. They were all terrified. We were all horrified. And they went and put on one of the best matches on the card. And it's a I, damn shame. I, I said earlier today, this is going to be one of the sleeper matches, if not the sleeper match on the whole thing. It, it was absolutely amazing. I want to go back and watch that match again sometime when I don't have Matt Hardy and Sammy like in my head from right before it. Hey, real quick, by the way, before we get off of Matt Hardy, one more thing. Is is his feud with Sammy cursed or is just is him in AEW cursed? Or is or or actually larger picture, is Matt Hardy cursed? He know. comes to WWE can't get the broken gimmick for a year until no one cares about it anymore. And then WWE flubs what chance they have at it. Lee's impact is one of the most over things in all yeah. of wrestling around the world. Nothing has gone right for him since he showed up at WrestleMania with Jeff Hardy. Nothing. Think about it. Yeah. Can't do the broken gimmick for a year. Finally has to do it. It falls apart. Uh, he leaves WWE, comes to AEW. We're ready to have this huge, oh, Matt Hardy's coming. It's going to be this huge big thing. He shows up on the first show they can't have a crowd. Hasn't been a crowd from the entire time. He finally has to drop all his gimmicks because he can't get them over without a crowd. And he's just like, well, I'll just be regular Matt Hardy. They, they dropped the pay-per-view that he was going to debut on. The blood, um, uh, blood for Blood or whatever it was? He, blood and Guts. Blood yeah. and Guts, yeah. He, then starts to, he starts a feud with Sammy uh, Guevara. Sammy gets suspended, so he's kind of lost there in limbo for a second. He's kind of mentoring Private Party. That gets that gets kind of disbanded or let let go. We let that go entirely. Um, he comes back. Sammy comes back, murders him with a chair, <laughs> and then this. The, the, he, he has a tables match with Sammy. They could they cut time out of that match. He can't even get that full match on TV. It's crazy. Yeah, 
the the dude. I swear to God, there's a Matt Hardy curse. I, I don't know what else to think. Yeah, dude needs to burn some sage or something. Exactly. Maybe he needs to go jump in his own lake of reincarnation. <laughs> something. Maybe the uh, waters of Lake Minnetonka. I'm just saying. Right. The whole Damascus thing sort of just dropped dead out of nowhere, too. Like, I, I wanted that back. I wanted that to keep going. Like, why did it just disappear sort of like after the stadium stampede match? We'd, it that's started the only success back. he's had. Only success he's had a stadium stampede match. That was the, that's, that was the highlight. Yeah. Good grief. All right. So, brr, moving on. Thunder Rosa, Hikaru Shida. They go and have an absolutely outstanding match <laughs> that we were all just too weirded out and horrified and numb to really enjoy. And I can't wait to go back and watch this again. Here's the question, though, Nick. Did, was it the right idea? I, I, they, they beat each other up. They made it feel like a very even competition. Um, it never felt like anybody had anyone else's number. It felt like these two ladies were going to beat the crap out of each other, and they did. And it was just a matter of attrition. Who was going to get in that one big move to finish everything off? And it finally ended up being Hikaru Shida getting her running knee yeah. on Thunder Rosa. After I took a couple moves, and then boom, down goes Thunder Rosa. But it was one of those things where any, either one of them could have gone down. But Shida wins. Was that the right decision after watching the match? Not your, your idea before the match. After watching the match, should Shida have won? I'm still saying yes. Really? Okay, why is that? Because... You have a guest come in, and unless we, I, I feel like without some kind of understanding of what the relationship is between NWA, other than Billy Corgan saying, uh, that, you know, I, I was very excited at the opportunity to work and, you know, all of, with, with another company, yada, yada, yada. We're trying to get NWA back off the ground. We don't know. Yeah. Let's send some of our bigger stars over there to mm-hmm. keep them relevant so that when we do come back on full time, like they're, they're still in everybody's thoughts, right? I, I think that's what this was. And I think that's what's held in my head the whole time. This was a stunt to keep Thunder Rosa relevant. I, yes. we, we even, you mentioned that we thought we saw Camille in the audience yeah, uh, as, uh, during the pre-show. Just in yeah. a quick uh, quick thing there. So in could've, my could've, head, I'm I mean, going, was, this is all stunts. It was stunts. hectic. I might have missed it. But, yeah, yeah, this was all stunts to keep the NWA stars relevant, in my opinion. So yeah, I, I didn't ever think really that... I would have loved to have seen it. Like, if Thunder Rosa crosses over, steals the AEW Women's Championship, and leaves with it, like, how do, how do we get it back? But this is, the, this is actually what I was going to say, is that she... Yeah, she could take the belt, Behind the scenes, not in kayfabe. In kayfabe, you can do whatever you want with it. Sure. Make her, make, she stole the belt, and you know we want our women's title back. And then you know it could be a whole storyline. But I, that was the problem I found was the more I thought about it, the more I wanted Thunder Rosa to win this. And I mean, as as they say in the chat, it was hard to get invested in this match again after what happened with Matt Hardy, and I just you know kind of had to will myself back into it. But Thunder Rosa felt like a bigger deal than Hikaru Shida. Thunder Rosa felt more like a star in this match her presentation her facials the way she sold the way she acted she felt like a bigger star they both felt like they were capable wrestlers they were beating each other up but thunder rosa felt like a bigger deal and i think she should have won and taken the title off of Sheeta, because then you've got thunder rosa out there in the world with your aew title whether she's you know if she's back in japan uh, doing promo, promos for Japan or whatever, you get your woman's title out there a little bit more and then have her come back 
at the next pay-per-view and have a rematch and have her lose it. Exactly what they did with Cody and Aldis. True. Yeah. Right? Get your name out there. Do what they did with Aldis. I mean, yes, people would have called it out and said, like, you did the same thing with Nick Aldis and Cody. He's like, yes, we did. And you know what? It worked freaking wonders for Nick Aldis. It worked freaking wonders. Look at him now. For NWA. It was a great thing to do. And it would have been a great thing with Thunder Rosa. And she would have she would have helped elevate the AEW women's division too, because you could have had her on TV. And then NWA could have had someone from their company on TV every week. If you want to do business, that's good business. Yep. Unfortunately, I think that maybe Tony Khan was reticent to put it on uh, uh, someone else right away. They didn't want to devalue their own championship. So business only goes so far. I just think in the, in the big long term, it's better business for both companies to have had Thunder Rosa win it. And I'll, I, I don't I'll think say she- this. Thunder Rosa looks better than anybody that's wrestled in the AEW women's re- division yet. That's what I'm saying. Is she would have been a great champ. She could have right. made a lot of people look good. And it would have give she- given Sheeta something to fight back towards. And Sheeta desperately needs something. She needs a, more of a personality. She needs more of a presence. It's not there. The number one woman in AEW does not feel as big as the number one woman in NWA. That's Same just a lot. fact. That's a hey, fact. Uh, breaking news real quick. Andy did watch the, uh, the Tony Post show, uh, and he said Matt passed the protocol. He was concerned. He paused the match, waiting for a definite clearance before continuing. Mm-hmm. Which... Sure. So it it does sound say that. like they have a, I mean, if Doc Sampson checking his eyes is a concussion protocol, it, at least they have a protocol. I want to know more. But Me too. It's still a little, uh, still a little questionable. Yeah, <laughs> a, little, a little questionable. But I, I yeah, I'd want to know more, and it could put, it could also just be damage control at this point, as yeah, you that's said. What I'm thinking it looked it looked real bad. But at the same time, I don't want to be the the pitchfork and, and torch kind of person no. either. So I'm I'm willing to hear it out, and I want to hear what they what they what they actually did do. Yeah. Give me all the information yeah. before I make up my mind. Just looked really bad. Thunder Rosa looks like a million it's a bucks. Big, and it's a bigger story if Rosa wins too. Anyway, you called this right. Sheeta did retain. I wanted Rosa to win from the beginning. Uh, but that's what it was. I'm looking forward to going back to watch that match when I don't have Matt Hardy right there in my brain. Right. The next match, however, got a little bit of the energy back. Dark Order, that being Brody Lee, uh, Stu Grayson, Evil Uno, and Colt Cabana. Boom, boom. Versus... Versus Scorpio Sky, Matt Cardona, and the Nightmare family consisting of QT Marshall and uh, Dustin Runnels, Dustin Rhodes. This was a lot of action, a mm-hmm. very fun match. They got, they definitely got the energy back. But as we suspected, Nick, the real story here was Colt Cabana being in this match. And after everyone got their shit in, as they say, <laughs> it came down to Brody Lee laying out. Dustin Rhodes in the middle of the ring with an absolutely just monstrous lariat and then putting him down again and saying, QT Marshall, or QT Marshall, Colt Cabana, pin him. And Colt goes in and goes, oh, I'm actually going to do a moonsault instead. Does a moonsault, and because he gave Dustin that extra time, Dustin rolls out of the way, schoolboys him, one, two, three, Nightmare Family, Matt Cardona, Scopio Sky, their team wins, Dark already loses, and Brody Lee loses his damn mind as well. Pushes Colt so mad, I batted, I lined it up for you. Storms off to the back. Now he's mad at Colt Cabana. Evil Uno mm-hmm. ultimately consoles Colt on the way back to the back. Um, we suspected something like this was either going to be the Dark Order establishing themselves and their power and reinforcing that, or it was going to be something with Colt Cabana, and that's what it was. It was the it was the Colt Cabana starts to question the Dark Order angle. Is it too soon? 
Is it too soon to have the cracks in Dark Order start to appear with Brody and Colt Cabana? No. Is it too soon to have Brody after a big win? Well, do you think it's too soon for for Brody to look vulnerable in this way? Mm, Vulnerable, no, but it's it's a it's a it's a it's a someone trying to steal a steal second base when they weren't given the right signal, you know, it's, whatever that might be, right? It's it. I think there's a coaching opportunity here for for Mr. Brody, uh, to and it, it depends on if Colt's receptive to it. If he's apologetic and he like BTE this week's going to be really exciting. We're, yeah, we're we're gonna have a, I think we're gonna have a lot of we're gonna have a lot of of. A lot of dark order stuff <laughs> going on between the two matches they 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 were in here. A lot of shut uh, the fuck up, Silver. Uh, happening it throughout it. I knew it's coming. Because <laughs> I loved how he just to get to Colt, he just almost like shoved uh, Silver out of the way. And Silver does a great of job of, of like always being underfoot. He's like the like the puppy. Yeah, that's always underfoot. You know, at Christmas yeah. time or whatever, like in the holidays. And you're like get the fuck out of my way. Yeah. Ah, some sort of corporal punishment might be in store for one Colt Cabana as well. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Thinking. So yeah, I'm curious about where that angle's going. I, I, I am surprised it's happening that quickly, but okay, if that's the way they want to go, it is also intriguing that Dustin Rhodes is getting a shot at the TNT Championship on Wednesday, and he cut a great promo backstage saying how excited he was, how big of a, an opportunity it was, and he's coming for Brody Lee, and hell's coming with him. I love that he said it's been a long time since I've had gold I around gold. my waist. And I went, <gasps> can we bring it back? No, he was like purple and blue dust tonight. Yeah, blue I, like, dust. I like the look. I like the look. It was good. Yeah, it was good. But um, so I'm looking forward to that. I hope Brody gets his, his dominance back there. Looks like an absolute monster and, and kills Dustin because I, I want him to stay powerful for a little while longer. Like establish it. Sit in it for a second. Don't, take, don't depower the Dark Order again so soon. Let him be powerful for a second. Christ. Um, there was one other thing that happened this match that caused a bit of controversy on Twitter. And we would be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that in the match, Number 99, Nick's ex-wife, Anna Jay, jumped into the ring and tried to get in Scorpio Sky's face. She was tackled out of the ring and given an absolutely amazing pump kick by Brandy Rhodes. Beautiful pump kick. Uh, Brandy Rhodes wearing them Jordans to get that pump. Uh, Anna, Anna Jay goes down on the ground. She gets dragged out of the way by Stu Grayson. As she's getting dragged out of the way, JR is heard to mutter, did Anna Jay just have a... a, a, a uh, what, what, is, what was the word? What was the phrase? I'll, you, the Janet I'll, Jackson I'll, word. I'll uh, read you the uh, the the. Did Anna J have a wardrobe malfunction? Yeah. Huh. Wishful thinking on my part. Wishful thinking on my part. Jr. Mutters we just had speaking out. Okay. <laughs> so immediately everyone jumps on him on Twitter, and everyone jumps on the people jumping on Jr. Saying everyone's offended so easily these days. I remember when all you know, the Attitude Era, everyone, no one would have batted an eye on that. I'm like, yes, in the Attitude Era, they also hit women as well. But, you know, hey, whatever. You do you, uh, cavemen. But the, the bottom line here is that JR is on commentary in the modern era where that adds to nothing. Yep. It doesn't get Anna J more over. It doesn't help the product. It's not a, it's not a funny joke. And he, he actually said on Twitter that it was funny to him. Uh, he said, didn't mean to offend anyone on the wardrobe malfunction line. Weak attempt at, attempt at humor. Sorry. Now lighten up. Which, I don't know, but where I come from, apologies don't end with just smile, sweetheart. You know what I mean? Or calm down. Yeah, calm down. That, that's not. That's, no. that's, 
No, no, that actually at the the lighten up line pissed me off yeah. more than the wardrobe malfunction line, which I just was like, eh, it's bad taste, Jr. Do you know what I mean? I was just yeah. like, oh, for Christ's sake, Jr. Drink a glass of water. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like we're used to Jr. throwing out dirty old man one liners here and there. It's yeah. just become his shtick at this point, and it's it's not a good shtick, but it's fine. It is what it is. He's like the My, captain in Airplane. You ever you ever hang around a gymnasium? You ever yeah. seen a grown man naked? That's, it's kind of my point is that it's, it's just kind of awkward and uncomfortable and creepy. Like I'm not offended by it. Like, it, it, okay, if that's JR's bag, fine. But I know there's people that are women. Right. <laughs> there's, there's women that are not all women, but they're definitely going to be there. I know. Cause I watch Twitter and watch people just go, JR, no, don't do that. That's just, that's creepy, man. It's uncomfortable. I'm not at a wrestling show to, to listen to you creep on a young woman, you dirty old dog. And, and during, then when you turn during, around and people say, JR, don't do that. And then Tony Khan tells JR, dude, you probably shouldn't have done that. Why don't you apologize to the people? And JR apologizes and follows it up with, lighten up. Calm down, sweetheart. Don't get hysterical. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's a double not good look, JR. Come on, man. So that was that disappointing. Was, that also followed a choice line that he had uh, after during the Sheeta and um, Thunder Rosa match. Where he said, I want to give the winner of this match some JRs. <laughs> he meant the barbecue sauce. I but... know what he meant. <laughs> it's not what, how he, it came across. At least he added the apostrophe S. Let me catch up. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, Let me get these ladies a JR. <laughs> Let me get these ladies uh, some JRs. Come to my house. I'll make them a bologna sandwich. <laughs> Andy uh, with 100 bits. Uh, another update. More on Matt. Tony volunteered the info he just mentioned. He said the doctor cleared him and was not bullied into it by Matt. Okay. Interestingly, he snapped at the reporter who asked another question about it. Very unlike Tony Khan, but read into that what you will. Yeah, mm. Tony, don't be snapping, man. Yep, just stay calm. People are, people are concerned. You need to answer every aspect of that question because you're talking about a performer's career here, and this is something that people yep. take very, very seriously. So act accordingly. Don't tell them to lighten up. Like Jr. did, that's we, not we, how you react. We, and, and Costanza with another hundred bits. Thank you guys. Uh, we need JB's opinion on this. Hmm. I, I already, man. I haven't even talked to her. I already know what her opinion is on this. Maybe is she, she in the chat? She's not going to be a fan of it. She in the chat? Oh no. <laughs> she's already been skeeved out by Jr. A couple times. I know. Oh. Yeah. It's not not a not. I I guarantee. I'm I'm not. I don't want to put words in her mouth. But I guarantee she won't be a fan. But if she's in the chat or well, whoever gets to her first, we'll find out. We'll find out what she thought about that. But uh, let's see. Next up, we had uh, we, neither of us got that right. By the way, we both thought Dark Order should win there, but they went All with right. the Colt Cabana swerve thing. FTR versus Hangman Page and Kenny Omega for the AEW Tag Team Titles. Here we go, Nick. The Telemundo, the the telenovela. The soap opera comes to its to its head. And we finally get to see what happens when FTR, who's gotten deep, deep inside the head of Hangman Page, does when they finally confront the tag team champs. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, a little bit chippy at the beginning, not entirely on the same page. Obviously, Kenny's still pretty annoyed with Hangman, but being the pros that they are, they got their shit back together and started putting together a match against FTR for a long damn time. This was beautiful. I, I this loved was watching a this. long ass match. If you want long 
psychological, hard-hitting, exhausting tag team wrestling, you got it in this match. If you were still recovering after the Matt Hardy thing and just wanted to have some like quick, fun entertainment, this was not your match. Nope. That being said, it was a technical, um, technically amazing match. Um, my only issue with that is that this is a match where most of the build is the story that one team is a fluid, cohesive tag team and the other team is a pair of singles wrestlers who are starting to find they're not working together cohesively. That story was not told in this match except for the first five minutes and the last two to three minutes. And the, the rest of the 15 to 20 minutes of this match was just tag team wrestling and was somewhat irrelevant to the story and was just two competitive teams. So I felt like that actually did a disservice to the match as I kept waiting for the story to come back. And when it didn't come back, I, got, I had to admit, I lost interest in the match. I lost passion for the match. It became just a matter of aesthetics. And I was like, this is really good wrestling. I'm just not emotionally invested right now. The whole match was a foregone. It was beautiful to watch and execute. And, you know, I was eating my popcorn, having a good time. It was just a foregone conclusion. And we finally got to the end of it. And that was the thing is, you know, we were talking about this with the hour-long Iron Man match, four-way Iron Man match on NXT. I had a similar reaction. I'm so waiting for what's happening in the last few moments of the match that the middle of the match, I, I just, I can't get invested in. And maybe that's just me. Um, I, I'll openly admit, I hope everyone out there enjoyed this match to its, to its fullest because it was a really well-worked match. But I just found my interest waning a little bit in what I knew was the doldrums at the middle of the match because they weren't telling me the story that they had done such a extensive job of building for this match. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, when it finally came back in at the end and Kenny missed a V-trigger, ended up knocking Adam Page silly, Adam Page could never recover, ate two finishing moves from FTR, Kenny couldn't get back into the ring and save him, and then they ended up winning the tag team championships, and as we suspected, FTR did what they said they were going to do, marched right through the AEW tag division and took the championships because of a Kenny Omega and Hangman Page inability to to like the, a miscommunication um i was like okay cool we did it and after the match kenny omega looked like he was about to hit uh hangman as hangman's like stumbling around it looked like he's gonna hit him with a table or like one of the little standing tables folding tables but he didn't and he walked out and he stormed out of the arena telling the young bucks he was done done with hangman done with all of it stormed out yelled at his at his driver and drove off being a little heelish well hang on but okay on the way he was saying some things yes. that have that are important. I was uh, going to come back. I'm going to come back with a clean start. A clean break. Yeah, I want a clean break. Like thing, take things back to the way they used to be. Mm. Elite. Mm. Uh huh. He used to clean things up, does he? Mm. You know what you do when you need to clean things up? You hire somebody. Mm who cleans things. Right. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. His pants also kind of told that story a little bit too. I'm not, but uh, let's not jump to conclusions, Nick, just because he put on the cleaner glasses at the end of the last episode of BTE. No, 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 let's not jump to conclusions. My, what I was going to get at here though as well is it's interesting because you would have thought Hangman would have been the one to screw up in the match, but he wasn't. It was Kenny Omega. And I thought that was an interesting little story point too. Kenny's the one that screwed up. Hangman didn't. Could we? Could this be something where ultimately we're supposed to sympathize more with Hangman? Because the FTR got in his head. He did the wrong thing. He felt bad. 
But ultimately, he came back and did his best to help his friend win this match. I think, and his friend is the one who screwed up. Yep, and I think this is just another step in the progression towards Tully's new four horsemen of FTR, Hangman, and probably Sean Spears. And then we're going to have Kenny Omega and the Bucks. <sighs> Everyone hit us with the Nick booking emojis in right. here. Light, light How them do up, you guys. Get, that's, I'm, just, I'm trying to explain how Hangman Page is going to be more of a face. <laughs> and you're saying he's going to join the four horsemen with Sean Spears and FTR. I'm Nick, not saying. Jesus I'm just Christ. saying. I go left. You go off the bridge uh, into, the, into the Chattahoochee. <laughs> I don't know what the heck's going on here, man. That's not what I'm saying at all. Thank you, Divian. <laughs> Good Lord. So, yeah, no, I see Hangman becoming a massive face. But Absolutely. I mean, we, 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 not we, turning, we've uh, equated him to Stone Cold in the early days of Dynamite. I feel that was a little premature, but I, <laughs> he could absolutely ascend to be the, one of the, the, the yeah. top face of the company at this very, point. Very interesting path he has himself on. We know he's in charge of his own creative and, and the story he wanted to tell with himself, and it's, I, I'm liking it. It's really interesting. Yeah. So, props there. Uh. So we both figured that one was going to happen. FTR is your new tag champion team. Very excited we'll very, about that for them yeah, as well. Psyched to see where that goes. Ultimately, obviously, hopefully it ends up with Young Bucks versus them. But Young Bucks have a little bit of coming back to these things. They went a little heelish tonight, which makes things very, very interesting. Uh, supposedly, that match against Luch- Luchasaurus and uh, Jungle Boy was a number one contenders match. I read that somewhere online. I have not confirmed that. But if that's the case, and we're going for Young Bucks FTR right away, I'm very intrigued. Put it in my eye holes. <laughs> not yet. I want it to simmer longer. I'm not ready for my my eye holes are not ready for it yet. Uh, we've got till November, till their next yeah. thing. I hope. Yeah. I hope they take longer than that. Yeah. Full gear. New, November. But we 7th. did. We did have a, a a finality to one particular feud. That was Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho having their rubber match, a mimosa mayhem match. Which was, they had uh, on either side of the ring, they had two big vats of what was ostensibly mimosa. But I swear to God, if that wasn't either food color dyed water, probably or that. tang, tang, so or somebody like got that. one of the big containers of tang powder and just a vat of water and it just. Tony Khan walking on the island Costco with two carts filled with like those big tubs of, can- of tang, like, like the protein powder yeah. tubs of tang. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at one point, Orange Cassidy actually like got a scoop in a glass out of it, and it was it was the color of a urine test. It was filthy, filthy, filthy. Tubs and it wasn't of, that apparent until Orange Cassidy orange. scoops a big glass That's what of I'm, it. That's out. exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. viscous orange liquid. So then this match, of course, only win by pinfall submission or getting dunked in one of those tubs. And you know it ain't going to end with a pinfall no. or submission. Although they did have some near falls that were pretty nice. But this ended up being another Cassidy and Jericho match. Jericho playing the heavy, Cassidy flying all around until he, unless he was selling from Jericho. A couple of near, like, oh, oh, I'm kind of off balance near the tub. A couple where I swear to God, they didn't know if they were going to be able to catch themselves in time from falling into the tubs. It was pretty precarious on numerous occasions. Yeah. Uh, Orange Cassidy got powerbombed through a table. Uh, he took a, na- a really, really nasty codebreaker at one point. Uh, almost, almost got powerbombed into the juice at one point. But then at the end, it was Jericho eating a gigantic Superman punch, which they've now renamed an Orange Punch, which I think is that's good stuff. Better. And Jericho falls backwards, splash into the champagne and OJ mix, quote unquote, <clears throat> and loses. Yeah. Orange Cassidy now the now has the best record against Jericho 
since Jericho left WWE. He's mm. the only person in the world to have two wins over Jericho at this point. Wow. That's bananas. Naito, Tanahashi. <laughs> Omega, Omega, Cody. Cody. Moxley. Wow. At most, they have one win on Jericho. Wow. Cassie is the only person with two. <laughs> that's, that's so mental. But what about this match, Nick? Was this match... Way too long. Too long for what it was? Yeah. To build the anticipation. I, f- I felt it was maybe like three minutes too long. I like, like how they, got, they started right away outside trying to get, get both of them into the stuff, right? And then they went inside right for five to ten minutes and yeah. tried to get pinfalls on and submissions on each other. I'm like, what are you doing? I thought it was well-structured. I thought it was well-structured. I mean, and may have, part of it may have been also the length of this pay-per-view. We've become so used to three-hour pay-per-views again that at this point, we've been watching it for four hours plus. Yeah. And so Including having the buy-in a, at seven, from 7 till Eastern. Yeah, so having Good a match Lord. where we're like, all right, we know someone's going in the drink. Just show us someone going in the drink and get it over with. It was a tough match to put at this slot. Stormwaves but in it, the chat said, gives a whole new meaning to drink it all in, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just fell in the piss. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, so it was what it was. I can't say that that's going to be that memorable. I can't say I ever need to see one ever again. But all right, cool. It was, it was it, yeah, cool. It'll make it'll make for some good highlight footage later on. Right. That's pretty much the best thing I can say about it. Jericho it falling was, off the turnbuckle into the drink is a good time. Yeah, it was. It was there. It it happened. Okay, not bad. Not good. Just cool. All right. But then we got to our main event: John Moxie versus MJF, which I thought was a perfect length of match. I was worried it was going to go for a full half an hour. Only went 20 minutes. Mwah! Loved it. And it was way more brutal than I thought it was going to be. The story here, MJF can out-wrestle Moxley. Moxley is, a, is now more of a brawler than anything else. Wants to get MJF outside. And the story of the match was MJF continually trying to keep Moxley from taking him outside, but just ended up accidentally letting Moxley get outside and paying for it every time. Ended up uh, getting a pretty good shot on Moxley's arm and possibly partially dislocating his arm from the shoulder. So Moxley was down one arm for most of that match. That was to hampering the, him. To and the MJF point that he's down on the bottom turnbuckle, slamming his shoulder and trying to re- <laughs> reattach hey, his arm. Hey, man. We've all seen <laughs> Lethal Weapon. Yes. We all know that works, okay? Yep. If Moxley wants to play Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon, I'm here for it. I have no problem with you, with you pretending to be Riggs. Shit, Riggs! getting too old for this shit yeah (laughs) um but what i was surprised by was at a certain point mjf got busted wide open and i mean that boy bladed he bladed so bad that once it started scabbing up and drying up and he finally started like losing some of the blood on his face and it stopped bleeding a bit he got back in there and moxley started you know he got him in a headlock and put just, just all he did was squeeze him a little bit, and he just started just squirting blood. Up. Yep, just opened it right back up, got the thing open up, and just and just gushing all over again. It was a it was a blade job, hooey. So this match became very bloody. Moxley chewing on MJF's bloody forehead, smearing the blood all over. There was blood everywhere. It was a grisly match, and much more vicious than I thought it was going to be. And they let MJF look a lot stronger than I thought they were going to. MJF looked like a beast. He took Moxley about as far as anyone's ever taken him. Agreed. And that's saying something, considering Moxley has fought Brian Cage and, and Jericho. Brody Lee. And Brody Lee. It's, that's saying something, that they, they're letting MJF look 
like that much of a contender. But at the end, the finish was le chef's kiss because Wardlow finally gets up on the ring apron to distract the ref because he just realizes that they can't take each other out. Moxley can't seem to find a finishing move that takes out MJF. MJF just cannot seem to get Moxley to tap out with his arm. So finally, Wardlow gets up there, does a little surreptitious whoop throw of the old ring, the diamond-coated AEW ring, tosses it to MJF, who just completely misses it. And I swear to God, Nick, when I first saw him miss it and drop it, I thought it was a botch. And then he turns around, looks for it, gets down on the ground as he sees it, goes to pick it up, and looks up and sees Moxley looking right at him and going, oh, you little son of a bitch. And Moxley looks over his shoulder, sees that the ref's back is turned dealing with Wardlow to give MJF the chance to hit him in the, with the ring. And so what does he do? He gets MJF in the, uh, the paradigm shift, which was illegal in this match. Boom. Hits him with it. Ref turns back around. One, two, three. Moxley retains the championship. Beautiful sequence. Perfect ending to this match. Well-told story all around. Made MJF look fantastic. Make, made Moxie look smart, which is what we were worried about. Yeah. Because there was the one point he went for it, and the ref had to tell him no, and he went, oh, damn, you're right. It's just my instinct, too. And I was like, oh, don't make him do it. To make him look stupid. Everyone looked good in this. Yep. Even Wardlow tried his best. MJF just, just fumbled it. He dropped it. As a good heel would in that situation. That's when they, when they had that wide stuff. shot of the of the hard cam up the ramp, and then Wardlow was distracting, there was a point where I thought, "Oh, he's distracted. Moxley's going to go in there and potentially low blow him." And I'd been, I was like, "No, don't do that. That's a bad move. Don't. That's not what you would do." Right. But when, I mean, so I, when I, they come back in and you see the ring, they they went to that really close shot of the ring sitting on the mat, and then the yes. way the way they did the camera cuts was absolute perfection. The way that everybody was cutting their eyes and looking at this and that, yep. and then bang, paradigm shift. Just yeah. absolutely Overall, perfect ending. Really well executed match. We had a with a couple of really good near falls. A um, couple of times, I really thought he had Moxley's number. Uh, so yeah, all around fantastic main event. Yep. Really good. I actually, and I really hope, even though MJF did lose, I think he's going to take the footage of Moxley using the paradigm shift and use that as something to continue the feud. Yep. That's what I hope. Because we did say we want we both agreed we thought Moxley should win to extend the feud further and have it culminate at full gear or even later with MJF winning the title. Uh, or at least extend it. Because it's it's good for Moxley to have a, a heel like this, except we know Lance Archer's next. So that that kind of throws a monkey wrench into that idea. So we'll see what happens next. But at the end of the day, we did call that. Uh, leaving us at a seven seven tie in the pick'ems, Nick. We tied. So let's let's what look a long over the show. Pay-per-view this was, and that's that's funny because we're again we're so used to three hour pay per views. Yeah, was it the extra hour? Was it that long, or was it the matches? What what made this feel so long, Nick? No, it was four hours. It was almost it was three and a half hours, and if you add an hour on top of that, it's four and a half with the, the right. buy in and everything. I mean, this was I mean this this was getting into like WrestleMania territory, and and it's it's fine if. I don't really have a clear understanding of what AEW considers what we're used to calling the big four or their major pay-per-views versus some of the smaller fight for right. the fallens or full gears or whatever those might be. We don't really know what those are. I'm assuming double or nothing and all out are their WrestleMania and SummerSlam caliber of shows. So if I'm, so, I'm, did, but, did, well, you, but let's, let's say, let's say that you're right with that. Okay. If so, did this feel like SummerSlam to you? And uh, adding on to that, was it worth 50 bucks? Yes. Or 60. Yes. 
You think so? Fifty bucks, absolutely. I would. I'd, I'd, now, you guys know I've been on my soapbox for over a year now since we first started. Since since we talked about double or nothing last Memorial Day, twenty nineteen, I'd be like, they they better figure that streaming thing out. They better they better get onto something. I don't care if it's a fight TV thing that I subscribe to for ten dollars a month. They better figure it out. Here we are, guys. Eighteen months later, it's still fifty bucks a show. And you know what? Here's the here's the problem, Nick is. I'm in the position that I'm in in life right now where my regular jobs I'm are have been I'm being told by the government I can't work. My my they're right they're there we're ready to reopen. I'm just not allowed to go work. And then in you know I'm also not being subsidized beyond like a a pittance for in in LA terms to sit on the sidelines. So I don't have 50 bucks to be thrown around willy-nilly right now. I'm living on ham sandwiches and tequila. But if, if in this situation, having watched this pay-per-view, I have to admit, I don't know if I would have thrown 50 bucks at it. Agreed. In the position I'm in now where I don't have 50 bucks to spend, I don't know if I would have dropped 50 if bucks. If you have to it. choose whether or not you're going to eat for the week or watch all out, yeah, I can completely understand. The only yeah. reason I'm okay with, with paying the 50 bucks for it is because we have our lovely patrons and that money goes towards things like us watching the show in order to give the content that we're giving right now. Exactly. That's why. That's thank where you. I have the fifty bucks from. And thank you guys very much. Um, that is the reason I was able to watch that show. Otherwise, it would have been a really tough buy for me. I would have had a really hard. So anybody who's who's in a similar situation, where fifty bucks goes a long way. I don't know if this pay per view was worth fifty bucks. It was fine. But there wasn't enough matches that really blew my mind. There weren't enough matches that didn't feel like they couldn't have been on an average episode of Dynamite. Maybe, maybe two, three matches that I wouldn't have expected to be on a Dynamite. Yeah. Out of, out of all of them. Out of a, a huge list of them. Um, yeah. I've got a hard time recommending this to people who are, are, are worried about spending 50 bucks on it. Honestly. It was also very predictable. Short of one or two things. That's the um, that, yeah. So putting everything you just said aside, we kind of all saw a lot of this stuff coming. Yeah, we got seven, out of, the fact that seven out of nine. Seven out of nine, right? Right. Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Sure. So I uh, and we tied in the pickup. It wasn't even that fun and controversial because normally we, you know, we would have some. Though, well, I think this is going to happen. No, Nick, here's why you're wrong. You know. Well, predictability is not necessarily not necessarily a negative, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. Costanza with 100 bits. Thank you, sir, for all the all the contributions tonight. They need to figure out something so we don't have to pay 50 bucks to watch. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And it's I'm going to continue to stay on that soapbox. And Costanza and, also is in the service industry like me, and he, he's, he's also being forced not to work. So <sighs> there you go. If you had a $15 a month option, that would also assume that they were going to put on some kind of pay-per-view every single month for you to be willing to pay that much less any access to back catalog content. Maybe you had access or rights to some of the NWA right. content with Cody and the Elite and things like that, but through licensing and things. But, I mean, given the pay-per-views we've had now for 18 months, since Double or Nothing last Memorial Day, their big debut, right? is that enough with the five, I think, pay-per-views we get out of AEW per year? Four, it's four pay-per-views as of right now. I believe four pay-per-views that we pay for. Uh, all in, double or nothing, all out, and full gear. Yeah. And those are the ones we pay for. But here's the thing, is that even then, if you total that up, 200 bucks, 
right? That's still more than what we pay for the WWE network for 12 months, which is 120 bucks. True. Um, if AEW priced it accordingly, um, if each of their pay-per-views was 40 bucks, for example, I'd feel better about paying it because I would just feel like, okay, well, I'm getting all their programming for free as it is. It's the same thing as if I were to pay for an AEW network and I just don't watch any of the content. I'm, I'm thinking... Right? They have so, so much on YouTube. Yeah. You know. My, I was going so much, the same place you were, but I was thinking 30 because that equals 120 bucks for four That's what I meant. I just, you know, math. Right. Math at the end of a, of a 12-hour day of wrestling and, and, right. and shows. And it still ends up break. being, if you break it down monthly, it's 10 bucks a month, right? So that's the... Uh, that's the struggle, but I, I feel like it's not only going to help them grow. It's not. It wouldn't be that hard to go out there and make a deal with Bleacher Report, who already has all of your shows, but carve out an area with a login and, and a pay pay uh, wall on Bleacher Report Live that's just all the AEW content. I think Fight.TV even has something similar. Yeah, a so subscription it, plan it or just something. Needs so- some publicity and it needs to be public you know a special monthly tier that you can sign up for yeah That's so at, at the end of the day yeah it was it was a it was a watchable pay-per-view it was entertaining would i have paid 30 bucks for it yeah without without hesitation 50 that's stretching it yeah um but you know 60 that, i might have walked away i'll be honest 60 i would have walked away if i was forced to pay 60 and i, I couldn't have old uh, wwe know. pay-per-view prices we used to have to pay 59.90 for that that, that that's, that's a tough pill to swallow in 2020 folks yeah, we're as you. spoiled as we are with the network for years now. Yeah. Mm. So there it is. I, I obviously like we thought that uh, you know overall is a decent show, but not one of their best, and certainly marred by a couple of very, on one hand, very scary, on other hand, very awkward and odd instances throughout the show. A couple of uh, weird moments, some botches. It was a uh, not the greatest show AEW's ever put on. But no. by but but you know it's not a bad show. I, I will say this though, Nick. At the end of the day, payback. I like payback better. I like payback oh, for the yeah. first time I think ever in a, in a in a two week span where we've got a WWE show versus an AEW show. I preferred the WWE show, and that's also in a week where I preferred SmackDown to any other show on TV this week. Any other any other wrestling show. So it's a. Yeah, that's almost not a fair. I mean, that's the crazy. one two three punch of Takeover thirty SummerSlam and. Uh, payback all in a week. The span. I'm talking about week. specifically payback. Oh sure, oh, specifically sure. payback. I preferred to this show. Yeah. That's saying something. Better wrestling on this show, but that's just stylistic. In terms of how I felt after the show, I was more hyped after payback. They could have but done. Also, they could have done the women's match, FTR and Omega and Page, Moxley and MJF, and called it a pay per view. In my opinion, <laughs> all of the Cassidy, rest of Cassidy it and was, Jericho for a little fun. Sure. Piss break. You could and even with the matches that you did have, you could have cut it down to three hours. There's oh, a lot of matches yeah. that went real long for what they were. This this would have been a lot better if it was a little more pop, pop, pop. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So interesting. You know, we're we're usually not this critical in AEW, but I think this time they deserved it. So love to know what you guys think. Thanks for thanks, chat, for hanging out with us. Thanks for letting us know what's uh, what's on your guys' minds. But everybody else, head on over to Facebook.com and join our discussion group. Join the discussion there. We'll talk about it 24 hours from now once the uh, moratorium has ended on spoilers. Embargo and everybody else, off. <laughs> and, and then everybody else, we'll see you in Discord. If you want to talk about it, that Discord chat is still rocking and rolling, so you can add your thoughts over there. Uh, and while I'm here and talking about it, all of our patrons, much love to you guys. Thank you guys so much. You are, of course, the reason I got to watch that show, and you're also the reason that we do this show because you keep those wheels turning. 
Thank you so much for your support. And thanks, everyone in the chat for throwing in the ducats as well. You guys are also helping this all go as well. Yeah, Andy, so, Chris, really Costanza, also, you got your sticker. Enjoy that. Be sure to post a picture of it in Discord or yeah. Facebook uh, when you get it. Love to see it. Uh, also, follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Guys, subscribe to us over at YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. And, yeah, I think that is it. Thank you from me as well for to all of the patrons. Uh, mm. Heads up, I did load a lot of episodes over there on the audio feed. So make sure you look in the Facebook discussion group for instructions on how to set all of that up uh, for your own feed as well. Yeah. This will be going up there as well as all of today's shows in addition. But thanks so much for tuning in, guys. That was AEW's All Out. And my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.